So the topic I'm going to talk about tonight is emotional sovereignty. The idea that I am 100% responsible for my own feelings. And before we even begin to talk about emotional sovereignty, kind of a prerequisite for that is boundaries. In order to have emotional sovereignty, we have to have good boundaries. And I'll just name that we, we live in a society in which there is a very high incidence of poor boundaries. There's codependent behavior, there's manipulation, there's neediness, there's people-pleasing, there's, there's all kinds of reinforced message, messages reinforcing poor boundaries, modeling of poor boundaries. I mean, basically, all of entertainment is about people with poor boundaries. You know, people with good boundaries don't make very good entertainment. Um, <laughs> so what are good boundaries? Well, boundaries are controlled by the third chakra, the solar wheel chakra. And I think an excellent way to understand the action of this chakra is to think about the physical organs here. I've, I've made this analogy before in, in my sangha. But if you think about the physical organs here, digestion, what is digestion? Digestion is the miraculous process by which not me becomes me. In other words, I eat plants and animals my body breaks it down and then miraculously knows how to break that stuff down and reassemble it. it. Some of it becomes me, and then the stuff my body doesn't need, it eliminates and it just passes right through. Okay? So think about the analogous process with emotional energies. You know, all the emotional messages that we've gotten in life. We got a messages from our family of origin, from school systems. We get messages from peer groups, from societal expectations, from advertising, you know, all kinds of messages, you know, you should be this kind of person, you shouldn't be that kind of person, you know, you should look like this, you should think this, you should feel this on this issue, don't feel that on this issue, you know, all these messages. Someone with good boundaries is able to say, okay, that resonates with who I am, that message I'm going to take in, that message doesn't resonate, I'm going to let that pass. So someone with good boundaries is very discerning about what kinds of influences they're going to take in and what kinds they're not going to take in. And again, boundaries really have to concern the core part of the body. Boundaries are not a head thing, you know. A person who treats boundaries as a head thing, maybe a person walks all over them, then they make a bunch of head rules, and then the next time they're with that person, the person walks all over them again, you know. In other words, head rules are not enough to make good boundaries. Um, a lot about good boundaries is just tracking how you feel in your core. Just being aware of when I'm with a person, you know, does it feel warm and fuzzy to be with this person? Does it feel like it resonates with who I am? Or when I'm with this person, do I feel myself constricting? Does it feel unsafe? You know, that sort of thing. And even sometimes it might be that we're presented with something and it's just kind of a some, you know, just kind of a subtle sense of, hmm, this doesn't feel right, you know? And it's so easy for the head to talk us out of the body sensation. Like, oh, it's going to be fine. I know it's going to be fine, you know, and just override it, you know? And what would it mean to be fiercely faithful to the way that your core felt and to trust that as you walk through the world, you know? I think another important thing to consider with boundaries is someone with excellent boundaries owns their yes and owns their no. You know? So first of all, when you give a yes, 
How often is that a is that yes a hell yes a I'm a hundred percent in yes versus how often is it a codependent yes of well I, I I really don't want to but I'm saying yes because I know that's what you want or you expect you know and just just to be pay pay attention to when you're saying yes are you really behind that yes you know and you know and it's always you know as you're working with boundaries it's always important to realize if someone asks you something. It's always fine to say, let me feel into that more. Let me get back to you. Like, don't force yourself to rush to an answer because somebody else is impatient, you know? And then similarly, do you own your no? When you feel no, do you feel feel empowered to say no, you know? Again, someone with good boundaries is very comfortable saying yes and very comfortable saying no. So that's a little bit about boundaries. And so now sovereignty. Sovereignty is the idea that I'm 100% responsible for what I feel. And we have a lot of language in, in common language that mitigates against this. You know, that person made me angry. That person made me sad. That person made me upset. You know, in other words... I'm saying that person has agency over my internal states when I say that, you know. A a much more honest kind of language is used in in something like T-group or nonviolent communication, the idea that, you know, when you said such and such, that brought up anger in me. So I'm not hiding the anger, but I'm naming it, that anger is my own. I own that. I'm naming that and taking responsibility for it rather than, you know, pouring it out as blame, you know, you made me angry, you know, this kind of thing. Um, I often say it's one of the tragedies of human life that we are so apt to want to try and control all kinds of things that we have no business controlling and that we're not taking enough control for the things that we can control, you know. And so it's certainly true that I have zero control over what anyone else thinks or feels, what anyone else says or does, you know. That's, I have zero responsibility for that. But, and this is a very important distinction, whatever external thing happens, I am 100% responsible for how I interpret it, for how it emotionally lands for me, for all the emotions that come up with respect to it. I'm 100% responsible for how good my boundaries are and for making them better if they're not so good. Like, all of that, I'm 100% responsible for. I'm 100% responsible for my ability to shift perspective, what, um, what psychologists call emotional reappraisal of things, you know, going from maybe, you know, a, a narrative where that person did that to me or you know, that person's action was all about me, shifting that to, oh, maybe it wasn't about me at all and maybe I don't have to you know, invest a whole lot of you know, whatever in it. And so all, of that, all that is part of emotional sovereignty, all that responsibility around my emotionality. Okay, and again, I'm not responsible for what the other person says or does, but I am responsible for how it lands for me, how I interpret it, all of that. Um, You know, even if somebody 
insults me. You know, it's this funny thing about life. The insult that lands is an insult that part of you believes already. You know? And, like, if I, if I say, you know, you're a horrible giraffe abuser, you know, like, that's a joke. Like, you laugh at that. No one is insulted by that because no cell of your body believes that you have ever abused a giraffe, you know? <laughs> but if someone says to us, you're self-absorbed, or you're, you know, but then it's like, ooh, you know, you know, something, you know, something a little more personal strikes home, you know? And this is where we get into this, this, uh, this uh, very wise and very troubling Buddhist teaching, the person who insults you is your teacher, you know, because the person who says something that really triggers me, you know, they're showing me where I'm holding on. They're showing me where I need to do more healing work myself, you know. And so there's no, there's no uh, gain made by blaming that person. Ah, oh, that person was unfair, you know, like there's nothing comes from that. It all points back to me and what healing work can I do. A, a more, how can I say, a more advanced stage of sovereignty is about personal power. And in particular, it's about discipline around what I would call reserve of energy. And what I mean by that is, I think the way I'll say it is, my body's vitality is in the present moment. Now, of course, the mind loves to go into the past or the future. And the, lo- the mind even likes to invest a whole lot of emotional energy in the past or the future. You know, in the past, you know, regret or, you know, should, that should, I should have said that thing to that person at that time. You know, the future, it might be fears and worries. It might be fantasies and hopeful expectations but pouring tons of emotional energy into the past or the future. When I'm directing emotional energy to the past or the future, I'm sending emotional energy away from the vitality of my body, which is in the present moment, okay? Similarly, when I'm complaining, when I'm blaming, when I'm engaging in any kind of drama, you know, know, pouring emotional energy out into the world, Again, that's wasted energy. That's energy I'm sending away from my vitality. It's not getting me anything, except maybe a bad reputation, you know. Um, now, by contrast, if I'm, if I'm speaking authentically and engaging in authentic connection, well, that's energy I'm spending also, but that's well-invested because that's, that's investing in, in authentic connection, which is something that is healing, you know. Um... It's a good thing to think about whenever we talk. When am I talking to share? And when am I kind of running off at the mouth just because it feels good? You know? And can, can we discern those two? You know? When am I actually in, you know, speaking something that is powerfully landing versus, you know, blah, 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 for the sake of hearing my voice? You know? And it's a funny thing because... Spending energy is pleasurable. And so we get hooked by that pleasure. You know? And even there is energy associated with our attention. Now, anything that pulls our attention out of us, 
the way that entertainment does, entertainment, video games, all that. That's pulling energy out of us, you know, as opposed to if I'm going through the world with mindfulness, say I'm mindfully looking at a flower, well, that's actually nourishing. That's energy coming into me, you know. So can we track when with our attention, when is energy going out of us and when is energy coming back to us, you know? And, and I suggest this not to be a, like this incredible black or white thing, but just to start to notice. How do you feel? How do you feel if you watch three hours of entertainment, you know? Do you feel energized or depleted, you know? How do you feel after certain conversations? Do you feel energized or completed? Depleted, you know? Um, the more we can track our own energy, the more that we can eliminate unnecessary expenditures of energy, the more powerful we feel. And, and part of that sense of power, that sense of power, personal power, is part of sovereignty, you know? So at this point, I prepared a quote sheet. I'll pass out the quote sheets. Oh, yes, and at the top of the quote sheet, I should share. So a lot of sovereignty is about discerning what am I responsible for, what, I, what am I not responsible for. So I have there at the top of the quote sheet, I've reflected for years on the serenity prayer, and I kind of over time crafted my own version of the serenity prayer. This is the version I say every day. So I'll just say this. May I take deep responsibility for all the consequences of my actions, both intentional and unintentional. May I take deep responsibility for my emotional states. May I take deep responsibility for everything I control and everything over which I have some kind of influence. May I accept complete surrender toward all those aspects of life over which I have absolutely no control and no influence. May I cultivate tremendous trust and acceptance wherever my control and influence ends. May I relax into the deep vulnerability of human life. And between what I control and what I do not, what I influence and what I do not, may I have the wisdom, the courage, and the insight to know the difference. So that's the version I say every day. On the quote sheet... Um, the first quote is from Mengza. Mengza is, uh, how do I want to say, he's the number two guy in the Confucian tradition, after Confucius himself. He's, uh, he's the man who added a tremendous heart quality to the entire Confucian tradition. I, I have great respect for Mengza. So Mengza said, so, whenever, so that it is, whenever heaven invests a person with great responsibility... First, it tries his resolves, exhausts his muscles and bones, starves his body, leaves him destitute, and confounds his every endeavor. In this way, his patience and endurance are developed, and his weakness is overcome. And it's fascinating, you know, when, when a spate of bad things are happening to you, you know, do you make yourself a victim, you know, weave a victim story and self-pity and all that, or can you recognize it as perhaps this is how life is preparing me for the next challenge, you know. Freud said, most people do not really want freedom because freedom involves responsibility and most people are frightened of responsibility. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who died in a concentration camp, said, 
Action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. Satchananda Saraswati said, A happy or unhappy life is your own creation. No one else is responsible. If you remember this, you won't find fault with anybody. You are your own best friend as well as your worst enemy. Carlos Castaneda said, All of us, whether we are warriors or not, have a cubic centimeter of chance that pops out in front of our eyes from time to time. The difference between an average man and a warrior is that the warrior is aware of this. And one of his tasks is to be alert, deliberately waiting, so that when his cubic centimeter pops out, he has the necessary speed, the prowess, to pick it up. Maya Angelou said, I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. Very powerful. Warren Buffett said, The difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything. (laughs) Mary Oliver said, You must never stop being whimsical, and you must not give anyone else the responsibility for your life. The Dalai Lama said, I believe that we must consciously develop a greater sense of universal responsibility. We must be learning to work not just for our individual selves, family, or nation, but for the benefit of all mankind. Choing Trumpa said, To be a warrior is to learn to be genuine in every moment of your life. Bruce Lee said, The successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. Jack Cornfield said, Freedom is an urgent beautiful and large responsibility and a natural consequence of being human. (coughs) Paul Coelho said, the two worst strategic mistakes are to make are acting prematurely and letting an opportunity slip. To avoid this, the warrior treats each situation as if it were unique and never resorts to formula, recipes, or other people's opinions. Marion Williamson said, no one will listen to us until we listen to ourselves. Harvey Firestein said, never be bullied into silence. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. Accept no one's definition of your life, but define yourself. Henry, Henry Cloud says quite simply, you get what you tolerate. Jagi Vasudev says, All along you've been shaping your destiny unconsciously, but you can also work on it consciously. You can make the effort to access your core and realize that everything is your responsibility and shift the fo- your focus inside, then you can rewrite your destiny. Brene Brown says, Daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. Elizabeth Gilbert said, just say what you want to say and say it with all your heart. Veronica Tululeva says, we try so hard to make ourselves lovable, yet each layer of this mask puts another wall around us, a wall that keeps love out. Theun Mares, I, I wish I knew more about him, he said, a warrior cuts out all unnecessary acts. In this way, he saves his personal power. And finally, Dr. Yacintha, I wouldn't even try the last name, she says, 
Do not wait for the green light. You are the green light.